Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about whether binaural beats are worth the hype, how Australian dingoes evolved from domesticated dogs, and how to navigate some unexpected consequences of talking about historical injustices. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you've ever searched for mindfulness techniques to help you sleep or manage your anxiety, you may have come across binaural beats. It's a form of sound therapy that creates the auditory illusion of a rhythmic beat, and it's claimed to soothe stress, boost your mood, and increase focus. We'll play a sample in a sec so you can hear what I'm talking about. But how exactly do binaural beats work, and what does the science actually say about their supposed benefits? Well, binaural means using both ears, which is exactly what binaural beats do. You're going to have to put your headphones on stereo sound for this trick to work. When you hear a slightly different tone in each ear, your mind creates the illusion of a third tone. That tone is the binaural beat, and it comes from the difference in frequency between the two tones. So, for example, if your left ear hears a 200 hertz tone and your right ear hears a 210 hertz tone, the binaural beat would be a 10 hertz tone. Here's a sample. I don't know how I feel. Wow. Wow, that was weird. Yeah? Did that make you feel weird? Not really. That made me feel weird. Well... (laughs) Despite all the claims of what binaural beats can do to your mind, the evidence is mixed. A 2017 study published in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience found no evidence of binaural beats enhancing brain activity or changing emotional states. But a 2019 study published in Psychological Research reported that binaural beats did have an effect on long-term memory, and that effect could be positive or negative depending on the frequency of the beats. Most recently, a team of scientists compared binaural beats to monaural beats, where an engineer edits all three sounds of a binaural beat into a single track. They found that both types of tracks led brain activity to synchronize with the beats. In fact, the effect on brain activity was actually stronger for monaural beats, although the researchers say that binaural beats might cause far-apart areas of the brain to synchronize with each other at a frequency that's different from the beat. What's clear across the board, though, is that neither type of beat affected people's moods. More research needs to be done to understand this sound therapy's potential effects on memory and focus, so don't write off binaural beats just yet. But also, that was weird. I mean, it it definitely, like, makes my head feel fuzzy the way it does when I listen to ASMR. Not in the same way, but it, like, it has a, it definitely has an effect. Yeah, I'm going to file this under the more research is needed category. For sure. But at the same time, if it makes you feel relaxed and like helps you sleep, more power to you. Yeah, whatever works for you. Within reason. Domestication is the process of taming an animal to live or work with humans. Usually that goes one way. A species was wild until we domesticated it. But that's not always the end of the story. Just ask the dingo. These wild Australian canines used to be pet dogs. The dingo's story begins about 8,300 years ago, long after we domesticated dogs, which scientists estimate happened between 20,000 and 40,000 years ago. Around that period, some dogs separated from humans and moved south out of what's now Southeast Asia. 
Sea levels at the time were low enough to create a land bridge to Australia, and these intrepid dogs crossed this land bridge, maybe to chase a stick thrown a little too far. Eventually, sea levels rose again, and they were trapped on the continent. Now that they were out from under the influence of humans, the dogs began evolving under the pressures of their strange new environment. Over the next thousands of years, that evolution morphed friendly domesticated dogs into the wild Australian dingo. We know this story because of a recent genetic study that explored two questions. What genes separate dingoes from dogs and how dogs fit into the dingo's genetic past? To get answers, scientists analyzed genes from dogs, wolves, and dingoes. They found that dingoes have genetic artifacts they could have only inherited from domesticated dogs. This means that dingoes represent a genetic lineage that took a meandering path from wild to domesticated and back again, sort of like a gene pool chasing its tail. In fact, many traits that evolved in dogs through domestication have since disappeared from the dingo genome. For example, dogs evolved genes that allowed them to digest grains around the same time humans developed agriculture. But dingoes have since lost those genes to become carnivores again. In total, the study identified 50 unique genes that separate dingoes from their tamer ancestors. In other words, the dingo's origin story is sort of like a real-life call of the wild. Buck would be so proud. The way we talk about the past can have unintended consequences. Fortunately, today we have new research to help us figure out how to talk about it. And like, history is supposed to help us, right? We study where society went wrong in the past so we can avoid making the same mistakes in the future. When yesterday's mistakes are still taking a toll on, say, an underrepresented group, it only makes sense to bring up those mistakes so that we can fix them. But new research shows that this can backfire. According to this new research, when majority groups are reminded of past discrimination, it makes them defensive and doesn't actually help anyone. Like I said, though, the good news is that there is a way around all this. A recent survey found that 58% of American employees think that diversity and equity programs are there to address historical injustices. But researchers say that putting such a strong focus on historical injustice can make majority groups deny that there's any current injustice at play. The research follows something called social identity theory. It says that people derive their identity and sense of self-worth from the group that they're a part of. That group could be related to gender, race, religion, politics, or education. Whatever it is, people want to see their group in a good light. So when people are reminded of past bad behavior by their group, they get defensive. In this study, that meant that men who were assigned to read about historical injustices against women ended up denying that there was any discrimination against women today. Hearing about how women were once not allowed to vote or own property was associated with a drop in the men's collective self-esteem, or how good they felt about being a member of the male gender. And as their self-esteem dropped, so did their sympathy for programs designed to boost gender equality in employment. So these are pretty real effects. Basically, hearing how badly women were treated in the past can make men see their group in a tarnished light. And according to the study, when the majority group's view of itself takes a hit, programs to help minority groups are both less effective and less popular. The fix for this, though, is surprisingly simple. And it's not just don't talk about history. 
when you revisit the injustices of the past, it's important to also talk about the progress that's been made since. In the study, highlighting how the status of women has improved over time softened the blow to the men's social identity, which made them more likely to support employment equity programs today. To fix today's problems, you should absolutely talk about historical hurts. But to get the whole team on board, don't forget to highlight what's changed for the better, too. I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. So do you want to talk about this one for a second? Sure. All right. So I'm a white male. Both could be considered majority groups here in the U.S. We all know humans are not necessarily rational creatures. I've totally felt this. Um, this kind of um, this kind of defensive instinct, just a little bit, you know, you hear about something really horrible that happened in the past and that was maybe, let's say, perpetuated by white males. And I'm a white male and that doesn't make me feel good. Right. Like, I don't feel good about myself when that happens. Sure. So I like this research because it helps us all understand how we can talk to, I guess, people like me and have them be more receptive naturally without having that irrational instinct kind of kick in. And communication is important. The way we talk about things is very important. So I think it's cool research. It makes sense to me. Uh, and I hope nobody was offended by this story. <laughs> no, I think it's always good to find new ways to talk to people that maybe you think you don't have a lot in common with and learn new ways to kind of get through to them. And this is really cool. I definitely can use this in my own life. Yes, well, that was a lot. So let's do a recap so we remember all the wonderful takeaways. Yes. So when it comes to binaural beats, which is a type of sound therapy where you have tones of different frequencies in each ear that come together to create beats, the research is mixed on that. And we don't really know if they actually improve focus or help with memory. But like many things that aren't directly harmful, if you like it, you do you. Yeah, and if you're me, avoid it at all costs. <laughs> it was weird. What's well, the first time you listened to it? Give it another chance. Remember that time we did ASMR on this podcast and you like freaked out? Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and I learned that dingoes were wild animals, then they were domesticated, and now they're wild again. Because they used to have this land bridge, and the land bridge sunk underwater, so they were stuck on one side, and they evolved more wild traits. Yeah. I just love that wild dogs started as pet dogs. Like a dingo's great great grandfather, like played fetch, you know? Or had its head in someone's lap at the dinner table trying to get scraps. Yeah. Maybe it was like a prehistoric air bud. I like to think about that. Me too. <laughs> and we also learned that while it's totally important to bring up the injustices of history, it's just as important to bring up the progress that's been made since. Because majority groups get defensive when they're reminded of the bad things that their group has done to minority groups. And reminding them of the progress that's been made helps break down those barriers and makes them more accepting, which is good for everyone. Yes, I think that no matter how good an idea is or how true it is, it's not worth expressing if people aren't going to listen to it. That's true. Oh, I heard this wonderful line at a conference we went to. It's not about getting the word out. It's about getting the word in. Boom. I love it. Yeah. Today's stories were written by Andrea Michelson, Cameron Duke, and Kelsey Donk, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.